Welcome to the underground, the Steel City Underground, the black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Steel City Underground podcast. My name is Joe Kuzma, and I am flying solo uh, from this holiday weekend for those of you get to enjoy maybe a bank or school holiday. Uh, happy holidays to you. President's Day weekend. I was joking about this on the last episode just a little bit, and uh, no laughing matter here as I get to run uh, this show on my own, unfortunately. I know Brian's got some thoughts on this one in particular, but Zach, of course, very passionate about Coach Mike Tomlin and all of the crap that people come up with in the offseason. And, of course, you've still got a couple of coaching uh, coaching hires post-Super Bowl. Some of those, um, you know, both of the Eagles coordinators, for example, are now gone and moving on to uh, head coaching jobs. And then there's other teams that are still rounding out some of their staff as well, hiring offensive, defensive coordinators, wherever they may be. And this always becomes this stupid topic is like surfaced now over the last couple of seasons. And it is the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, and Mike Tomlin in his coaching tree. And I've heard everything else about Mike Tomlin. Lack of playoff wins recently. Always only got the one Super Bowl. Always won with Cowers players. And it's like, where do you start with all of this nonsense? Look at the teams they beat in the playoffs. I actually had somebody try it. I've seen that meme a million times. I have a show about that uh, somewhere uh, over last year, like around this same time, if you want to look it up, that, that meme that was like, oh, they beat David Garrard. That guy was a Pro Bowl quarterback. It's like just because the uh, Jaguars, people forget the Jaguars were good at one time, specifically when they had like the expansion drafts. That was just like the anniversary of that a few days ago, uh, which was uh, the first time that uh, in free agency period that two expansion teams, they didn't get to suck as badly as like, what was that, 1976 or whatever, uh, when it came to the Carolina Panthers and uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars when they entered the league. But anyways, yeah, Mike Tomlin, some of Cowher's players, but you got to really look back and see like guys like Joey Porter and Clark Higgins and stuff like that. Those guys were all replaced. Uh, you had Lawrence Timmons and Lamar Woodley that didn't play for Cowher. You look at the Super Bowl teams in particular, like Antonio Holmes got drafted after that. So you had like a one year that wasn't a, um, that was the Super Bowl hangover before Cowher retired. It's like, do you really count that? Yeah, Cowher's players. And a lot of people forget that Bill Cowher got guys like, oh, geez, the uh, Hugh shall not be named. The, number, the other number 14, Neil, uh, it keeps coming up on these shows, but he was drafted by Chuck Knoll, as was like Dermonte Dawson and Carnell Lake and Rod Woodson and Greg Lloyd. And uh, you ended up adding guys like Kevin Green. And that's the same type of roster formation and building. And Bill Cowher benefited because the Pittsburgh Steelers had have a very stable organization. And Mike Tomlin benefited because the Steelers still have a very stable organization. Whoever the next guy is will probably benefit as well. Will they be successful right out the gate? It'd be interesting to see a lot of people crediting the success as they should. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger was very instrumental in this, never a losing season, definitely a hall of fame quarterback. And we'll see if Mike Tomlin can replicate some of this with somebody else, namely Kenny Pickett. Now uh, he's been given the keys to the car and he's in the driver's seat. But a lot of people like to trounce Tomlin, of course, the playoff, lack of playoff wins. Look, we all want to host a playoff game with fans, not that crap that happened in Cleveland. And there's other circumstances, I think, that go beyond just uh, 
whether it's good or bad coaching, they get into those playoff positions. And 2017 was a real heartbreaker, and people want to run guys out of town like Todd Haley uh, became the scapegoat that year, didn't get along with Big Ben and and what have you. And a lot of people just they want to dump on Mike Tomlin. Well, he hasn't had a playoff win in forever. And I to that I say, who cares and so what? I've been bringing up on this show quite frequently over the last uh, this whole off season, even maybe before it. I know Andy Reid just got another Super Bowl ring, but Andy Reid was largely considered a choke artist for a long time, and that Philadelphia media hub that's you know it's in case there with. DC and, uh, and, and New York, you can go all the way to Boston, like that whole region, man. It's just, that that's a, thankfully I don't have to deal with that. Yens can be rough, but you're not as bad as Philly fan base, New York fans, et cetera, Boston fans. Right. So highly critical. It's going to be interesting to see when they finally come after Bill Belichick. I know I was talking about Reed, but Bill Belichick here, I know he's got a lot of the hardware, but since he's won that last Super Bowl in 2018, uh, let's see, uh, two playoff appearances, two out of the last four years and no playoff wins post Tom Brady. Was it really all Tom Brady that they contribute to the success of that team? And, uh, I'm going to bring, come back to bill in a little bit here because despite uh, a lot of his coaches branching off, there's just a lack of success there. And we're talking about namely like Mike Tomlin, and does anybody ever come and talk about Mike Tomlin court daters and, and try and hire these guys? And well, they do. And then they don't. And there's reasons for that specifically, but, um, well, I get all over the place here. Andy Reed, nine, nine seasons as an NFL head coach. He didn't take a break between the Philadelphia and the Kansas city jobs. And he finished out, uh, missing the playoffs his last two years with the Eagles. He didn't win a playoff game in, um, four seasons and largely considered that they weren't going to ever win the big one. They were only since he coached there from 1999 on through the 2012 season, and they won the NFC title once. It just goes to show you that winning is very difficult in the NFL because now you know, obviously, four straight AFC championship appearances, two Super Bowls in each of the last four years for Andy Reid, but he went into Kansas City and for five years and for five seasons he had – just that one playoff win, and uh, you take that with the piggybacking with the Philadelphia Eagles, it's nine straight years, nine seasons with a single alone playoff victory. So I don't necessarily throw Mike Tomlin under the bus for those type of statistics. I already talked about uh, Bill Belichick. You look at uh, Pete Carroll. Okay, he has one in the last six seasons they won their uh, ring up in seattle in 2013 and then they also came back and returned to the game the very next year and then it's been uh, off the rail since then and Pete carroll 71 years old andy reed 64 65 years old bill belichick is in his 70s now a lot of the old guard and it makes me think about uh, i know i'm going to be talking about coaching trees but i'm just talking about overall success and you you've got some guys like maybe like bill parcells they had a lot of coaches branch off. There aren't too many guys that had a lot of coaches branch off and be successful. You have coaches that have branched off, but they, the success is just, it, it's its not there necessarily. Um, Bill Belichick is definitely one I, I definitely need to bring up. And I'm trying to see if I've got his list. I'm pretty sure I have it here. So Belichick 
I said, um, and some of you may have actually read this. I had the article, and I'm just trying to fill in some more of the blanks from the article uh, that I wrote over at SteelCityUnderground.com a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I said that Belichick had a wilted tree. That's a great choice of words for me because you think about some of the – he gets guys that get hired, right? They have success. They win Super Bowls. Everybody wants copycat league. I always say that NFL is a copycat league. They want the same – they want a sample of success from this Super Bowl team or the team that was just in the Super Bowl, like the Eagles. They're going to take all these coordinators. They're going to take position coaches and make them into coordinators or head coaches. And then we see it fail and you see it fail constantly guys off of the Belichick tree, like Romeo Cornell, Al Groh, Eric Mangini, Josh McDaniels round two with him, man. We'll see what ends up happening there in uh, Las Vegas. Nick Saban, not as a professional coach, uh, as a collegiate coach. I mean, he's, one of the all times right now, uh, Bill O'Brien, who's going to get a return stint now, but as a head coach, I don't think anybody was giving him a lot of credit. Matt Patricia, Brian Flores, who we really liked, um, short stint Miami. I'll give him an incomplete Joe judge. Some of these guys do better on a second stint around. Not everybody had only had a stay in new England or nor have they ever had just a stay in Pittsburgh or with Andy Reid in Kansas City or any of these places. A lot of these coaches, they move around. They know each other. There's a network. There's a family. That's why they do these interviews sometimes. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is going to take the job, uh, you know, wherever, and they're, t- they're talking about that. Sometimes it's just an interview process. Sometimes the dudes actually get hired. So I uh, can't say one way or the other. It's uh, it's the experience of the interview. And it's also they know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. Or they might not know a guy, but they know another guy that pitched their name. And then they bring this person in, et cetera, et cetera. It's a very tangled, uh, interconnected web. Tangled, uh, tangled makes it seem like it's a mess. It's more of a network, right? More uh, interconnected. So, uh, But also, Brian Dayball this is a perfect example that's on... Uh, this list off of the Belichick tree or had some time. Dayball's been around everywhere and everywhere Dayball's been, they've been able to have pretty successful offenses. I think it, it's kind of odd that it took forever for him to have an opportunity as a head coach now, the head of the New York Giants. Uh, but also um, you have um, John Harbaugh. There's the other guy I was trying to think of that hasn't like won Squadu in, in a million years. Um, What's he got? Two playoff wins in the last. Oh, when did they go to the Super Bowl and win? 2012. Yeah, you know what? Uh, this deserves to go up on the screen just for a second so you guys can see it here. And let's see. Um, one playoff victory here, 2014. This was, uh, of course, Ben Roethlisberger got hurt part of that game. That was the Ben Tate game without Lev Bell. And then they won one here somewhere. What was Lamar an MVP or not? I don't know, but they didn't win a whole lot with them being one. They've gotten into playoffs um, for the last five years, but only have one victory in that span. And you could go all the way back three more years that he only has one in eight and two in 10 seasons. Holy cow. Uh, is he on the hot seat or do you consider him to be a good coach? He's also had some uh, whole hum seasons. Uh, some of that due to injury 2021, eight, nine, when Lamar went down, uh, they started to struggle, but hung in there right now. But he had a rough span. Uh, 2013, they dropped right to eight and eight. You know, Ray Lewis retires. Ed Reed ends up going. He tried to play with the Texans. He was pretty much done too. They went 10 and six, five and 11, eight and eight, nine and seven. Joe, I don't care about those guys. That's the Ravens. We're talking about the Steelers here. No, we're talking about the NFL. And we're talking about how this works, how this operates, the business of the NFL, and how freaking difficult it is to win. Even when you are, uh, it doesn't make me gag as much. I can give credit to John Harbaugh. I can give credit to Pete Carroll. I can give credit to Andy Reid. I can give credit to even Bill Belichick for what they were able to accomplish as head coaches. There are lots of past 
coaches like Bill Walsh and stuff too that you could throw some of these names uh, uh, against the wall or whatever and say too. Uh, Pete Carroll doesn't have a whole lot to brag about. Dan Quinn, um, successful and then not successful. I could never figure out if Atlanta is like one of those places that wants to have some stability. I mean, even if Mike Tomlin has three losing seasons going forward, unless he decides to hang it up, I don't think that the Steelers show him the door. The Rooney's don't show him the door and everybody will be out of their minds even if he has one losing season because Everybody was chomping at the bit to just say they hate the he hasn't had any losing seasons. You realize how freaking difficult that is to do? Uh, it's unheard of. And Bill Cowher had plenty of his lack of success in the Super Bowl hangover. Uh, took him forever to finally win the one. Oh, he didn't have the quarterback. And everybody's praying to God that that's the case right here, that we don't have another stint like that. We went through all of those guys, Mike Tomzak and Tommy Maddox and Kent Graham and Cordell Stewart and so on and so forth. Uh, everybody between Bradshaw all the way to Ben. It's rough. Look at the Denver Broncos, and they just changed everything, too. They, they signed the hottest coordinator guy, Nathaniel Hackett, and the dude was a hack. He sucked. Um, just not a good head coach. Maybe he's – and that happens, too. Some guys aren't head coaches. Some guys are better coordinators. Um, some can't do either. Jeff Fisher earned a lot of paychecks in the NFL, too. Uh, but anyways, Dan Quinn, Robert Salah, Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley? Um, Sean Payton, 15 seasons with the Saints. Now he's going to be with the Broncos. Hot name. One Super Bowl ring. I'm going to point that out. With Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, all those weapons, all that talent. Did he waste all those guys? The NFL is highly competitive. There's a lot of parity, right? But um, Dennis Allen, the current coach there, that that's a guy that came off of Sean Payton's tree. Uh, Dan Camel. I like Dan Camel. It might be okay. Uh, but they consider it. This all comes over, by the way. Um, somebody's going to say, wait, is that really off the tree or whatever? Yes, no, sometimes these guys have a cup of coffee here, but they're all associated. And this all comes from uh, profootballhistory.com. It's pro-football-history.com. Uh, good partner here with the uh, also with us here at Steel City Underground. So check them out. Uh, they have all these stats. They have all these things that are interconnected and intertwined. So Dennis Allen, Dan Campbell, Mark Tressman, and Doug Marone with um, Sean Payton. So that's like about a 50-50 of batting 500 there. Andy Reid. Maybe the richest tree. Some of the names that have branched off of there, Brad Childress, Leslie Frazier, John Harbaugh, Steve Spagnola, uh, Ron Rivera, Pat Shermer, Todd Bulls, David Cully, Matt Nagy, Doug Peterson, and Sean McDermott. Now, say what you will about some of those names. That's, that's actually pretty good, even for the guys that may not have had the best of success there, uh, like a Pat Shermer, but they've gotten some jobs. Cully, I think, got a look, cut a little too short. You take a look at some of the uh, old time names, and this is all going to come to this is all going to come to a head because I'm going to mention Mike Tomlin's staff and stuff here. But you realize there's not a whole lot that comes off of it. But Tom Landry, he had basically Mike Dicka and Dan Reeves. That's a, that's about it. And Tom Landry, how long did Tom Landry coach? Thirty some year, right? I'm uh, pulling it up right now. I can't possibly count this. 29 years. I was close. 1960 to 1988. And of course, everything turned around. That's kind of like with Chuck Knoll, 313 season with Landry. Long time coach in the 80s. Not the same type of success that they had in the 70s when they were facing uh, duking it back and forth with the Steelers dynasties, right? 
very uh, mirror image between, you know, NFL, NFC, whatever, AFC, AFL, whatever, um, between these teams and the advent of the Super Bowl in the modern era of the NFL. So they legendary coach, right? No, no taking away from him. And you know what happens in 89? They draft Troy Aikman. Jimmy Johnson becomes the guy eventually and bang, they're off. They're off to the races. And that's all it takes uh, sometimes is kind of hard when you have the number one overall pick to blow it. But it's happened. Uh, or the number two, uh, Ryan Leaf, maybe even Mitch Trubisky. Uh, you talk about some names like that. I talked about Jameis Winston and uh, Marcus Mariota at the top of that draft. And those things uh, those things occur. But for Tom Landry, I mean, that's basically it. Mike Dicka, Dan Rees, Marty Schottenheimer. He has a lot of crossover in his list. Cam Cameron, Bill Cowher, Guthrie Cunningham, Tony Dungy, another guy that along with Peyton Manning, couldn't get over the hill, can't win a playoff game, totally total, just bust, choke artists, right? Choke, that's all they do, choke. Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame quarterback. But they, you know, when we're in the present day and living in the now, they were talking about how these guys, all they do is choke. Uh, Herm Edwards, uh, Lydia Infante, Hugh Jackson again is on this. Mike McCarthy, Tony Sperano, Bruce Arians had some time with Schottenheimer. Uh, that's how he ends up getting connected with Bill Cower. I'm almost certain of it. Rob Chudzinski and once again, Mark Tressman, Mike Shanahan, and Gary Kubiak, Art Shell, Anthony Land, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, Sean McVay, and of course, uh, coming off of uh, that family tree as well, Kyle Shanahan, Bill Parcells as a pretty big list with Bill Belichick, Tom Coughlin, uh, also Romeo Cornell, Al Groh. Those guys were also, that uh, you see the carryover, and then Bill Belichick, obviously, uh, being passed the torch there. But uh, Todd Haley, Ray Hanley, Eric Mangini, Chris Palmer, Sean Payton, Tony Sperano was there as well, Mike Zimmer, Anthony Lynn, Todd Bowles, and Freddie Kitchens, and Bill Parcells. Um, really unfortunate with, uh, like Bill Parcells, you talk about, he had a lot of success, you know, with the New York giants and he goes from the giants 83 to 1990. And he's basically going to, he's riding off into the sunset. He just won the super bowl in 1990, super bowl 25, I think comes back with new England. Uh, he didn't, uh, he got the AFC title in 96. They end up losing to Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. But those four years that he was there, that's, uh, that's all he had to amount for. And that's the only season where he won any playoff games out of those four. Um, ended up winning two and won the AFC championship. He ended up going to the New York Jets for three years. Uh, not a whole lot there as well. Just one playoff game and uh, uh, one and two playoff appearances with the Dallas Cowboys in his later years, 03 to 06, where two playoff appearances out of four years, but no playoff victories. Hall of Famer, legendary coach, coaching tree. Like I mentioned, uh, I mentioned the one with the Patriots. Everybody wants this Patriots way and stuff like that. And I think all of this is just overblown. But who wants to who wants to hire any of the Steelers coordinators? Well, there's there's some reasons for that. Let me start with the first one. And of the first name that the or, or name, let's just talk about it. Todd Haley, Mike Munchak, Dick LeBeau, maybe Brian Flores. We got one year of Brian Flores. Former head coaches that get hired have been around. They've been around the coordinator circuit, the position coach circuits, and everything else. I mean, Todd Haley was the Kansas City Chiefs coach right before uh, he got fired and Andy Reid got hired. He was the guy who, who carried on right after Haley. And there's different reasons one way or another as to why some of these teams move on from some of their coaches. And uh, Flores, uh, obviously, off of the Patriots tree as well. 
not going to necessarily say that Tomlin could claim him. But last year, nobody wanted to touch Brian Flores because of his lawsuit with the NFL. And Mike Munchak, he was with Houston slash Tennessee like 30 years almost. Player and personnel and staff and position coach all the way up to the head job. And really the only job he had outside of that was offered the branch extended by the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. And we consider him a great offensive line coach. I, I know it, it goes hand in hand. Yes. And then he also had some talent too, but nobody, it, I'm not going to say nobody. There was some rumblings as to whether or not somebody might pluck him off the Steelers. And there was like, Oh, the sigh of relief when they didn't. And this whole exasperation when Flores leaves and nobody was coming, sniffing around for Todd Haley. He had already made his rounds. Unless they're going to make a lateral move, like move to another team and be their same in the same position, which really might not happen. Maybe and Munchak, he left for the Denver Broncos to be closer to family. The guys get older and you've been doing this forever. You've got money in the bank. What's important to you? Uh, for a lot of folks, this is their passion. That's also why they're successful at it. Mike Tomlin going to be doing this for a long time. I have a feeling because he got started at a very young age and that's good for organizations when they get hit on coaches and the Steelers have hit uh, when you only have three over however long now, 1969, 1970, that's an awful long time, man. They just have uh, three coaches. So those are three guys that nobody's sniffing around for. I mentioned Dick LeBeau, coach dad, right? Coach dad had already been a head coach somewhere else. He'd already been coordinators with Bill Cower. And I was a lot of when Tomlin got hired, there was some carryover from the previous staff. And you had Dick LeBeau come over. He'd already been a, uh, a head coach elsewhere. And he had even gone on as far as, um, I was going to say here with Dick LeBeau, to be on a year-to-year contract. So you didn't know as he was approaching, you know, his, his 70s, damn near 80 years old or whatever, that when did he want to hang it up? And the team was gracious enough to give him a year-to-year a team that just cans and guts their whole staff, like the Broncos right now, are they going to go for a guy that's going to be a year to year that's up there in, in age and whatnot that might not leave anyways? I mean, that was Keith Butler. Keith Butler was promised for the longest time the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive coordinator job whenever LeBeau would hang it up and LeBeau's going year to year and people would sniff around for Butler to be a defensive coordinator, maybe not necessarily a head coach, but they were definitely looking at him as a coordinator. He had a lot of success with the outside linebackers and the Steelers pass rush always feared uh, among the top in the league and sacks, but he's not going anywhere. And if you can't pry him away, why even bother interviewing him? Now, in some cases, now you've got a Rooney role and you have to, uh, you know, interview a number of minority candidates. And I think some of that ends up being forced if that particular person doesn't mind going for a nice meal or dinner or whatever it might be for the interview. I hate saying it that way, but you have to fill a number of, it happens with the, with, you know, the white coaches or non-minority coaches too. If somebody you just know, okay, they're, they're doing this because you have to interview a certain number of candidates, fill a quota and make it look like it was an actual search. Even if you know, so-and-so is your guy. That's kind of the smoke around the Brian Dayball hiring and the Brian Flores lawsuit, right? Uh, and you might be wasting someone's time or yanking so much chain. All of these things happen, and I'm not going to say any of necessarily it's all good or necessarily all of it's bad. It's part of the process. It's just that's 
We want to change some of it, but there's some of it that unfortunately will always remain the same. You talk about you talk about change. You talk about people that uh, have been on the Steelers staff for uh, an exceptionally long time, and uh, we just had the retirement uh, just a few days ago of uh, John Mitchell. He was a defensive line coach for the longest time. He was a trendsetter, I believe, the first African-American player in Alabama collegiate history, uh, kind of a Jackie Robinson-type situation in the college football ranks. Uh, maybe not just at Alabama. That might be overall. I'm going to have to take a look at that. I might actually say here in the article if I take a look. But 29 years. He was there since Bill Cowher. He was almost there longer than Cowher and Tomlin combined. I mean, uh, is anyone coming around to take John, John Mitchell could buy a house? somewhere in the Pittsburgh area and never and never have to worry about putting a for sale sign up. And I think that's pretty cool. Uh, but uh, definitely over 50 years of football and he got hired by Bear Bryant after he graduated in 1972 and just he's been a part of uh, two uh, Super Bowl winning teams with the Steelers and four appearances. He's in the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, I would say hats off. I don't want to necessarily pull my hat off, but figuratively speaking, uh, to uh, Coach Mitchell, uh, it just uh, on a, just a great long career. He was assistant head coach uh, for the longest time. He wore both hats until Carl Dunbar took over for the defensive line. Uh, kind of maybe to ease him out, he kind of knew he was starting to head toward retirement, but what valuable knowledge and experience that this guy has had, but he wasn't leaving Pittsburgh and we're going to talk about coaching tree. And I necessarily can't say that Tomlin can take credit for him necessarily. He goes back to bear Bryant and even, uh, you know, maybe uh, even Bill Cowher can't even take credit for John Mitchell. So some of this becomes incredibly preposterous. Uh, but Carl Dunbar, people say like, okay, there aren't outside hires. There's a guy that was a, um, uh, Alabama's defensive line coach and they brought him in and Matt Canada, whether you like him or not, Matt Canada, an outside hire. Oh, they promoted within. Yes. They, they red shirted him. They red shirted him for a year knowing that Randy Fickner was not going to be the guy. Randy Fickner was the promotion from within, from the quarterback's coach to being an offensive coordinator. And then they didn't even have a quarterback's coach all to appease Ben Roethlisberger because he didn't like Todd Haley. Okay. Randy Fickner st stunk up the joint. Nobody was going to sniff around there. Nobody's going to debate that. But let's uh, try and pretend that some of these folks don't get looked at or that some of them are so entrenched, like a Jerry Osavsky, who played uh, played with Cower and ended up being uh, um, part of the coaching staff early on with Mike Tomlin. Some former Cower players have done that. Joey Porter, for example. Uh, Carnell Lake with the secondary. Oh, there's a great example there. Ter Terrell Austin, current defensive coordinator right now with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, Terrell Austin is uh, another example of a guy who's made the rounds. He was a defensive coordinator with the Lions, a defensive coordinator with the Bengals. I don't think that anybody's necessarily interested in hiring Coach Austin as a head coach of their football team. They could end up hiring him as a defensive coordinator somewhere else, but there's also there's some loyalty and there's just lateral movement. Are you going to make a lateral move? There was a lot of the same discussion with Washington Commanders and Eric Bieniemy. Is it a? I'd say it's a vertical move uh, with the Commanders because it fall into the. I, I I don't have a whole lot of good things to say about ownership there. Ron Rivera, even as a head coach, maybe or his job that he's done recently, or will he still have a job like that? That just seems like you know when you're with Andy Reid and you're attached, you got your you're you're 
you're attached to Andy Reid and a team that has won two Super Bowls in each of the last four years and at least been in the championship game and all four of those consecutively with a quarterback that's already making waves to be and gold jacket conversation and enshrined in Canton. Or you could go uh, to the unknown. They might have Sam Howell starting a quarterback, you know. Uh, so do coaches like Terrell Austin want to make what I would call a lateral or vertical and vertical meaning more like a 45 degree angle where you know what rolls downhill. And I don't think that anybody is interested in those moves. Somebody told me when I was making this type of debate out uh, elsewhere, money talks. Yeah, money talks. But if you get paid a boatload of money to move from Pittsburgh to uh, the West Coast, where it's more expensive to live and higher taxes and everything like that. And then you're there one year because whatever clown show is going on with that coaching staff, and then you're out. And then you're looking for another job to move somewhere else. I get the coaching is very nomadic and they expect these sort of things, but geez, oh man, uh, it's rough on family. There's all these other considerations that are there. So you've got other coaches that don't necessarily just wanna fly the coop necessarily. They don't, they don't wanna leave. They're not in a rush to go anywhere. And as we look at all the names currently with the Pittsburgh Steelers, like I said, Bruce Arians, I didn't bring up Bruce Arians. Oh, geez, Bruce Arians. Um, him working with Coach Tomlin for all those years, did that rub off, did that help him win some Coach of the Year awards, which are just Coach of the Year awards? He had one playoff win without Tom Brady in overtime, Larry Fitzgerald.
We would like to thank you for listening and remind our listeners to follow us on social media and our website, www.steelcityunderground.com. 